0: Classes in session.
1: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Marvel Schools for Dummies. Our lecture this week is our the second part of uh, Moon Knight. I, as always, am your professor, Léon Jass, joined by my co-professor
0: Jordan Deeb
1: and our lovely student Victoria Lyman. Yes, and last week we gave our uh, general thoughts on our feelings of Moon Knight as we go through these episodes. As always, we'll give our thoughts on these specific episodes and wrap that up at the end. So if you did not listen to the one before, I really don't know why you would start here, but, (laughs) you know, don't. (laughs) Um, All right, so we are jumping right into episode three, The Friendly Type. It opens with Layla on the phone talking to a family friend lagaro uh that she found mark living 20 minutes away from their old home and he'll probably get himself killed running around cairo she talks about how she doesn't steal antiquities but recovers them and returns them to their rightful owners uh she gets her passport that lagaro has forged they talk about how layla's fa- father indulged her by taking her to dig sites lagaro finishes the passport gives it to layla she's off
0: she eats a marshmallow for some reason
1: yeah yeah I forgot about that. (laughs) We'll get there. The only reason I care about that is something happens later on that really tripped me out when I was watching it the first time. But I'll explain when we get there. Okay. Um, I wish my family
0: had a friend that could just forge passports on demand. Yeah, well. Like, I don't think I'd have a need for it, but if the need ever arose.
2: But, like, like you said, like, when would you ever have that... Who ends. knows
0: what's going to happen in the fucking world someday, and I might need to just fucking ditch
2: just or need a you. new
0: name. I don't know.
2: Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the Egyptian desert, Harrow and the cultists are following the scarab to Amit's tomb. They find the entrance, and one of the cultists tells Harrow that Mark is in Cairo tracking them. Harrow is not surprised. In Cairo, we make a hard cut to Mark running across rooftops chasing after three cultists um, after they killed the contact he was looking for. Uh, They attack Mark, who fights back. Uh, Steven takes over the body in the middle of the fight and tries to, like, bless you, tries to, like, reason with these men that are trying to murder him because that's, you know, a good life choice um and he wakes up in a taxi uh the driver tells him that they're going to the airport as he requested um they pass the cultist on the street mark has the driver pull over they run off and mark chases after them finally captures one in an alley beats him and demands to know where harrow is stephen appears in a nearby mirror and another cultist marks up knocks out knocks out mark from behind <laughs> we're doing great today kids um, really quick, the scene where the taxi driver gets mad that he was acting like a tourist earlier when he can speak Arabic was one of my favorite things. It was it's, hilarious. It's funny. it was very like that man looked so irritated. Like yeah, and that's,
0: that's definitely a joke about how Oscar Isaac just looks like every ethnicity.
1: Yeah, there's another joke about that lower down that like that people think that there are a couple of different jokes about how people all like never know what Oscar Isaac is. Um,
0: racially ambiguous.
1: Yeah. Um. Never forget the day I had to. I had a professor in college who had never heard the term racially ambiguous because it wasn't something they used. Um. When he was still like doing commercials and television.
0: What did they I, use? Because I feel like it would have been worse.
1: No, it was just very... It was very specific. They would just put in very specific things. Gotcha. Um, Like, a ta- like it wasn't, like, ethnically ambiguous. And it's like, well, we'll hand, hire someone who's Hispanic, Italian, Greek, Middle Eastern, that area. Or, like, you know. That shade of brown that casting directors are really fucking weird about. And, like... Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's the whole thing with Oscar. We Oscar. don't record
0: videos. I know I did that, but for, I just made two thumbs up and pointed at myself.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, but I I was explained to him. I said that ter- we were talking about something in class about casting. And I said something about ethnically ambiguous um, and that there are white people who try to uh, say that they're ethnically ambiguous, meaning that they could be like Jewish or like different types of white people and i don't understand it (laughs) yeah and he was like i'm sorry i'm gonna need you to back up what is ethnically ambiguous and i was like casting like casting listings will use like ethnically ambiguous when they don't care what race the person is but don't want to say for some reason that they don't care or they want you to look exotic and i'm using air quotes because we don't record video but they want you to look exotic and they're not legally allowed to call people that anymore. Yeah,
2: See,
0: I feel like the I feel like when I hear for casting, I imagine like more like ethnic blind. I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But I know like some people do like gender blind casting. I feel like you could do like race blind or ethnic blind casting. I feel ethnic ambiguous is the but, other way around, where you look at a person and go, "What would you fit in?"
1: Yeah, with the casting, it's really just they're afraid that people are gonna get mad at them so ethnically ambiguous is just the term they yeah. come up with because gotcha. like there are absolutely people who would be mad and rightfully so about the term race blind casting any ethnicity welcome also sounds weird like there there is an argument to be made for every type of thing to be like hey this could be read read as offensive so you know they just come up with with weird words for it if it's if it's just like
0: if it's not for a specific character they don't have a look for i feel like uh any ethnic any ethnicity welcome makes sense because it's like if it's a fucking hemorrhoid commercial yeah it really doesn't matter
1: i just feel like you don't need to mention race unless it has to do with the story you know
0: yeah, where? I mean, I guess it's like it's, it's one of those things where it's like somebody bases it off themselves or someone they know.
2: Jordan, I need yeah, to you know where, all that. where you pulled out a hemorrhoid.
0: Uh, one of Brian Cranston's cream. first roles on television was doing a commercial for hemorrhoid cream. And Boy. for some reason, that's what I went with.
2: Okay. Um,
1: but yeah, it's very funny to me. I just don't think you really need to mention it. Because, like, if it doesn't matter, you'll see the person. And if it matters for whatever reason for the story, because either it's supposed to be a younger version of you and you're whatever, or, like, it's about race. Yeah, like a, like something like like Selma, or that's the first one that came to mind. Um, I was like going to the-
0: go with Hairspray, I don't know why. The
2: yeah, culture like- is relevant.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then just put that in there. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I would never want to have to, I would never want to be a casting agent's assistant and have to write those up. Um, because you also always have to do the fun thing of like, who we're looking for? Women aged 18 to 25. They're playing this 16-year-old's mom. We're pretending that they're 30. It's fine. Um, Like, I was watching Glee before this and like, when Jonathan Groff's character goes back to his to uh, the other high school for Vocal Adrenaline, yeah, and they go back to to the high school that Glee takes place at, William McKinley to like psych perform to psych them out and they they perform another one bites the dust the girl singing with jonathan groff is like a 35 year old woman and she's supposed to be 18 and this is like who he's dating after leah michelle and it's like this is a 35 year old woman
2: i feel like the casting on that show was quite there were a lot of people who were like way too old to be playing high schoolers
1: we're like grown adults, and it's like, what is what is happening here? Um, and she's in the episode where Neil Patrick Harris comes in too, and his entire storyline is bananas
2: because he ends up like hate fucking Sue Sylvester. Oh my god, I can already tell this is going to be a weird episode. Let's keep going. <laughs> I'm so tired. My brain is like fried. So, <laughs>
1: um, anyways. Uh yeah, so they knock out Mark from behind. Mark wakes up on a rooftop and discovers that he just killed the cultist he captured with the man's own knife. Uh the corpse of the the corpses of the other cultists are around him. Steven appears in the knife's blade and it was like, That wasn't me. Uh and Mark is like, That's not wasn't me either. So like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um no. Khonshu tells Mark to take the living cultist to the edge to make him talk. Mark does so, and the cultist praises Ahmed, takes his knife, cuts his shirt so that he can fall to his death rather than talk. And Khonshu goes, huh, I really thought he'd talk. Which is so funny. <laughs> He's just like, oh. Well.
0: <laughs> My bad, bro.
1: Sorry. <laughs> sorry, dude.
0: <laughs> and this cultist is like 15.
1: He's, like, a child. Like. Yeah. Uh, Steven insists he didn't kill anyone. Mark tells him to stay out of his way and walks off. Mark asks for an audience with the other Egyptian gods, and Khonshu warns warns him to do so is to risk their wrath, and they would impris- imprison him, meaning Khonshu, in stone. Um, when I first heard that, I didn't fully understand. I thought they were going to imprison Mark in stone, and I was like, that's <laughs> very dramatic. Like, that's a lie.
0: That would just seem unfair.
1: Yeah, like, and then my dumb little lizard brain went, "Oh no!" Like they understand that he's an avatar and acting on Kansu's behalf. Yeah, gonna, gonna okay.
2: Like, come on! Like, even I got there.
1: Um, when Mark asks if he is any good at, ooh, no, no. Uh, I highlighted the next sentence that I was going to read so that if I looked back at the screen, I wouldn't lose where I was. But as I did it, I accidentally moved it to the paragraph below. And so I was just undoing it. <laughs> when Mark asks me any good ideas, Kanchu goes, I have a bad one and disappears, which is also hilarious.
0: That's basically me and you. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so
1: much. I have a bad one. Um, a solar eclipse occurs, and Shu uh, tells Mark that he is sending the gods a signal they can't ignore. At the tomb, Harrow figures that Shu is getting desperate and tells the cultists to keep digging no matter what happens. Shu uh, tells Mark that the other gods are summoning their avatars. A portal appears to take Mark to the meeting place. He warns that their case against Harrow must be indisputable and says that he will be there with Mark. Uh, Mark enters the Great Pyramid of Giza and the other avatars arrive. Yatzil, the avatar of Hawthorne, greets Mark and says that Hawthorne and Konshu are old friends, which is saying that Hawthorne and Khonshu used to fuck. Um, Good. Which is true. They did. Jordan, stop it. They did <laughs> use
0: to fuck. You think you could see it in the sky?
1: No. <laughs> Hello, Jordan. Um. The other gods manifest through their avatars and the avatars of Osiris uh, tells Khonsu that he was banished once for almost exposing him and despite his garret. is there despite his garishness. He warns Khonshu that if Khonshu manipulates the sky again, they will imprison him in stone. They say that humanity abandoned them rather than they abandoned humanity, and they let their avatars carry out their purposes without drawing attention to themselves. Khonshu insists that the avatars aren't enough, and Osiris tells him that the avatars are only meant to observe, and they will decide their best course of action. Which, that is canonically how the MCU does it with the gods, is that, like, technically all of these gods do exist and are deities, but, like... The ones that have, fa- like, the Greek gods have fallen to the wayside because, like, no one really believes in them anymore.
0: Well, for the Greeks, are they not the same thing as Thor, where it's, like, they're actually aliens, but people saw them once and thought they were gods? Just because those remember. ones are more interconnected.
1: <laughs> I think it's that they're actually the Greek gods. And it's just that they, like, humanity's, like, abandoned them. Gotcha. Hang on, I'm looking. Um, oh, I sh- should have put in marble, not just... Sorry.
2: Hang on, guys. Just gonna start getting, like, Greek mythology.
1: Yeah, it was just all Greek mythology stuff. Um. Come on. Yeah, even though it's based on the Greek hero, it uses his Roman's name. Just tell me if he's actually a god, guys. That's all I'm looking for here. It's not
0: that complicated.
1: It's really not. I just need, is he actually a god? Yeah, he's actually, he is an Olympian. Um. Yeah. Gotcha. And they're not, they're not aliens because they're not from another planet. They're, it's the whole thing that they get into with the gods and like, this is where they go is they're in a different dimension. So like how you have like the astral plane and what we'll see later on in Moon Knight for like the Egyptians and all of that kind of stuff are different dimensions. Olympia Olympus I always almost say Olympia, which isn't right. That's a city in Washington. Yeah. Olympus, um is a different dimension. Gotcha. Um But yeah, they acted as the gods. Because I think, like, the whole thing, again, I could be wrong, but I think, like, the whole thing is that, like, all the old stories from, like, the golden age of heroes and all that stuff, like, actually happened. Like, Hercules actually murdered, well, actually, I don't know if him murdering his wife and child is canonical in the MCU, so I'm not going to say that just in case it's not. (laughs)
0: Spoilers (laughs) Um, for uh, Thor Love and Thunder.
1: Dude, imagine, who's playing Hercules? Do you remember? I don't think they
0: announced it.
1: Okay. Because, like, if they go there, that I don't know if it's canon for him. That'd be funny, though. If it's just, like, we get a shot of whoever's playing him.
0: Yeah, apparently we don't know who's playing him. But he's is, Interesting. isn't he supposed to be in it?
1: Yeah. yeah he's Thor's, or is this something that we've all been assuming he's going to be Maybe in, we've right?
0: assumed because we knew Zeus and Gore were going to be in it.
1: Because Zeus and Gore are going to be in it, and Hercules is Thor's best friend in the comics.
0: It's just Crim's Hemsworth in a week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good. What, what? But, like, why, like, why is it something that, like, Taika Waititi would, like, actually do?
1: Oh, he would absolutely do that, but, um, oh. yeah, no, because, uh, anyways, sorry. Um, as I've mentioned many times before on on this podcast, my biggest pet peeve is when people recording who are on computers are like, I don't know, and just never address it because, like, you're on a computer. Computer, yeah. Like, just, just do me the salad here and look it up because I won't remember.
0: Okay, so um, Hercules has not been confirmed to show up and people are just thinking he will because, again, Zeus okay. and Gore are in this. And Russell Crowe as Zeus looks like a lot of fun.
1: Yes, that was the thing, was because I almost w- I said, what if the movie opened with Russell Crowe just beating his wife and two children to death? Um, and then I remembered he's playing Zeus, not Hercules.
0: But yeah. Zeus, that's something Zeus would do, too.
1: No, I mean, to be fair, Hercules only did it because Hera made him. I've been really into Greek mythology lately. Like, I read The Odyssey this year, or last year. i'm reading the iliad now i'm reading all these books i don't know i'm on like a greek mythology kick i don't know what's happening okay high school english teacher it's very weird so it literally started (laughs) as a joke which was my dad made a comment about how he owned a copy of the odyssey and the iliad that he had never read before and that no one reads the odyssey and the iliad and i was like i had to read it in high school but it was like an abridged version i want to see if i can read like the full version. It's boring as fuck. Don't read the Odyssey. And I read a better translation than, like, like it's a new one that's in iambic pentameter, so it's a little more familiar to read. It's boring as fuck. Right.
2: Jesus Christ. I was not planning on reading Good Lord. either of those things. Uh,
1: however, however, Stephen Fry has books that just, like, some kind of do, like, this, but Greek mythology.
2: Love <laughs> it's that. split
1: up into, like, Mythos, The Age of Heroes, he has one on the Trojan War, and he's releasing one on the Odyssey. And, like, they're really good. They're really fun. Like, read them. They're fun. Uh, anyways. Uh, so, Kanshu calls for judgment against Harrow for a conspiracy to release Amit. The Avatars summon Harrow, and he claims that Kanshu is paranoid, jealous, and unhinged, and his Avatar is unwell. He describes how Mark's DID personalities, Khonshu, it tries to attack him in Mark's body, Osiris freezes him, says they won't bi- to- tolerate violence. Uh, continuing, Harrow says that Mark is a deeply troubled man, and Khonshu is taking advantage of him the same way he took advantage of Harrow. Uh, the avatars allow Mark to speak. This is also where I was like, I didn't like Harrow before, but like this happened, I was like, Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. <laughs> like suck a dick you guys are very quiet tonight
2: i'm a little sleepy
0: i'm a very sleepy
2: (laughs) i said um before we started recording i always like i love coming on here and like figuring out the vibes of everyone because it like changes how the podcast is gonna go (laughs) yeah um, the Avatar has allowed
1: Mark to speak. Mark admits that he is unwell and needs help. However, Mark insists that hero is dangerous. Osiris says that Harrow has committed no offense and the hearing is concluded. Everybody leaves except for Yatzel, who, like, starts hitting on Mark again. It's real fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then starts saying that one Yatzel. of Amit's followers. Yatzel. Sorry, it's just, it's it's just like hitting how me
0: how funny, funny that name is.
1: I don't know if that's actually how it's pronounced, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing it. Wildly incorrectly, but it's spelled Y A T Z I L, which looks like Yatzel. That, yeah. I would like, think I can't that. imagine what else, how else that would be pronounced.
2: Yeah.
0: Yatzel.
1: Okay, maybe Yatzel.
0: This <laughs> when you said to- Yatzel, I was like, is that one of the fucking animaniacs?
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 um. She tells uh, Mark that one of Amit's followers... um, I think that's supposed to say Magi. Uh, you can tell I was tired when I wrote these. Magi named Senfu recorded the location of the tomb in case the gods ever changed their minds and decided to show mercy on Amit. If Mark Mark finds his sarcophagus, he'll find Amit's tomb. She explains that the sarcophagus was stolen and sold on the black market, and Mark should start there.
2: Mark so, goes back to Cairo. Wait. Then... The, the 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 deities or the gods or whatever mm-hmm. they're like similar then to like how the eternals aren't supposed to like act on anything yes but the
1: eternals aren't supposed to act on anything because of the celestials laws. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Gods aren't following any laws. They, they just, just went people aren't worshiping us anymore, so fuck you guys. You're on your fucking own. Okay. But like, the Eternals have can't...
0: rules from their creators. The yes, Egyptian no, gods I know came that. to a consensus. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. I guess that's what I was trying to figure out. And the watchers like... are
0: under oath.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. And like,
1: it's just that like they're immortal, so they can't go anywhere. And there are Gods like Amit who do bad things, so they need to have an eye on Earth just in case, because that's where all their pyramids and all their their stuff is. Um, so this we just have avatars all over the world and just
2: and they just they just you know
1: surveil. Yeah. Okay. Unless you're Kanchu, and then you just beat the shit out of people. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you and you um, let a teenager just jump to his death.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Uh, Mark goes back to Cairo and talks to a juice vendor, explaining what he's looking for. The merchant backs away. Layla approaches Mark, drinking juice out of a Ziploc bag, which Jordan and I looked into this. is not any, like, thing that we can find.
0: Well, no, there were people that were like, yeah, like, I've seen there are places in Egypt to do this, but it's not like a...
1: It's not like a thing.
0: Yeah, it's not like when you go to, like, Turkey and they have, like, those ice cream vendors that fuck with you. Like, that is a known thing.
1: I'm sorry. What? Have you never seen that?
2: No. They're like
0: these ice cream vendors in Turkey that'll like they'll like hand you like the ice cream on a cone, but they'll secretly put it inside another cone and then yank it out of your hand, so you're left with an empty cone. They'll hand it to you and like flip it upside down, like with the little stick they're holding it in, so it's like you can't grab it right away. It's like a whole thing. If you look it up on YouTube,
2: Jordan, they do like this
0: two-minute bit.
2: You absolutely mentioned this in the last episode. No, I didn't. Yes, you did.
0: I I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I've mentioned it on a different episode. I did not mention it last episode.
2: Okay, because I remember you saying something about ice cream and turkey, and I was like, what is Jordan talking about?
0: It's a thing.
1: It's the first time I'm hearing of it, which is the only reason I can say that Jordan absolutely did not tell this story last week. Okay. Um. The merchant uh backs away Layla approaches Mark, Kansu is on a rooftop nearby, Layla tells Mark to come with her. As night falls, they get on a boat. Mark admits that he uh understands that Layla is upset that he disappeared. Um Layla says that she's not there for Mark but herself and everyone who would die if Ahmed was freed. Mark apologizes anyway. Um and Layla says that Anton Mogart will have the sarcophagus. Um a wedding party breaks out among the other passengers. Mark tells Layla he hasn't heard sounds like that since their wedding. Um, this was
0: a very cute moment because the the songs they're singing are actual like Arab wedding songs and the, the, the grandma doing like the um like the noise they make with their tongue is like a thing that is always done at weddings. It was very cute.
2: Yeah.
1: I love cultures that do things like that. Every day, I thank God that I'm not one of them because I have no control over my tongue and I can't, I can't do that. Thing.
0: I feel like when it comes time for like my I wedding, either. I'm gonna have to sit down all my white friends, including you guys, and give them just like a rundown of like the weird shit to ignore.
1: Jordan, oh. I'm gonna tell you right now, I if if there was any place where I'm supposed to do it, I don't have no no that no kind no, of no, no.
0: You guys don't have to do it. Just tongue. know that like my my grandma, my great aunts, people like related oh, to me do it, but like that's Don't be alarmed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that's fine and that's fun. Yeah. I just can't do it myself. I don't even know how many years of Spanish I took, and my teacher would be like, "Just roll, like, make your tongue move fast." Is, I'm like, I can't. They're not
0: rolling their R's.
1: I know, but I can't. I truly do not have tongue dexterity. Oh,
0: this I is can't like, make. It they're, do they're kind of doing there. Patrick's little, little leetlely, but like a lot faster and not enunciating. And I can
1: barely make that
2: noise. I, like, I can't move
1: my tongue my quickly. My ancestors so are going to kill me.
2: I, like, can't even, like, stick my tongue out of my mouth, so I feel you. Yeah, that's the I have
1: a very short tongue.
2: It's, like, really like, tiny. I can't roll my R's. I can't... That's as out of tongue.
1: tongue. Short tongue squad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have a very short tongue, and I can't... I don't... It's all. I feel like... I don't like tongues, which is something that, like, I think everyone who knows me knows about me. Is like, tongues really freak me out. I feel like mine is too big, too. And, like, I don't understand how people can, like, make shapes with it. Or, like, people who can...
0: Like, do the clover? Oh, my God.
2: Do the... Yeah, or they can, like, tie the, the, the cherry stem knot. I don't know how people do that.
1: That I can Yeah, do.
2: my tongue is too fat for
1: that. Like, there's not enough room in my mouth for me to move the cherry stem around to do that. I've
0: only met one and, person who can.
1: And, like, my question is, and I mean this in a, a fully friendly way. I'm not shaming anybody who did this because I've taught myself to do all sorts of stupid shit. But is this like a thing that girls and guys start teaching themselves how to do so that they can impress people in college?
2: Probably. Because I feel like it's a
1: thing that somebody was like, I heard this was hot and I'm going to sit well, down and like, figure out how to fucking do this. I, feel like
0: I don't know where that thing of like, oh, if you could tie the cherry stem into an out of your tongue, you're a good kisser actually came from. I just know that everyone in our generation heard it, heard it from J- Drake and Josh. i
1: never heard it <laughs> you're a good kisser except from drake josh
0: okay it's just everything like a party else trick? i
1: heard it no everything else i heard was a different act that you that people okay can so
0: what you're saying is nickelodeon it. made the made the like mythos pg
1: pg yeah. <laughs> i think what it really comes from is girls being talented at a particular sex act as opposed to uh men and then men, I think, just started doing it. And to me, it makes more sense coming from a dude, but, like, whatever.
0: I feel like it makes sense from both.
1: Like, Drake and Josh also makes a joke at one point about, like, I think it's Drake and Josh. There's a Teen Nick show that makes, it might be Degrassi, honestly, that makes a joke about how how quickly you can eat a lollipop.
0: This was not Drake and Josh, I'll tell you
2: from now. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think it, now I'm thinking it was Degrassi. It was something I watched as a teenager, where it was how fast you could uh lick a lollipop was like a sign that you were like dope in bed good and it took me
0: was it a forever to figure it out lollipop
1: no just yeah. any lollipop and it, obviously you're not biting biting it would
0: kill the vibe
1: defeat the purpose we're going yeah. for
0: wow that <laughs> really changes that old tootsie pop commercial
1: yeah jordan okay this shows me that you're not a woman because have you you've never had somebody say to you how many licks does it take to get to the center of your tootsie pop where i know like six girls who have had that said to them myself included (laughs) wouldn't that be something the girl says to the guy though no because i don't think anybody wants to think about a girl like licking so your dick so much that it like goes down to the muscle No, where with a girl the other way, I think it's just that she like, yes, a thing happens and it's different.
0: Do you know how wild?
2: No, an act we're in... to
0: perform to, to for erosion to happen on a man's penis.
1: Yeah, that's why I don't think it would be the other way around.
2: Um, okay. I also I think
1: it's referring to a very specific part of female anatomy.
2: I'm ending sex education here. <laughs> I'm
1: pausing really quick. Uh, yes, so, Layla tells Mark that- um, he, Layla says to Mark that he could have told her about his multiple personalities, and Mark thought that he had it under control until recently. That's still something you tell your wife. That is still- Guys, I understand the stigma. I get it. I truly do. But if you are at the point where you are proposing to somebody- They need to know that by then, because
0: hey, if I if you ever wake up and I am speaking like a British virgin, it's not a bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I need help. It's not a bit, or like just if anything, like just like imagine being like. Just walking down the street and something happens that that triggers it. That's not a good example because I know that's not exactly how it works. But like, you but know, I get what point. you
0: mean. And then like suddenly you're gone for two days and you cannot like. And let's say they find you and you just don't have any recollection. You of what have happened. no
1: idea. you are gonna happened think that you had a, days.
0: I mean, I guess it is a neurological episode, but I mean more in a in a physical of medical sense. Yeah, like something like a brain. Also,
1: like that's something you need to tell people if, like, because God, for, when Mark went missing, I'm sure Layla just was like, "My husband is missing." It is Mark Spector. Like, no one would have known to look for Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant, you know. And it's one of, in this case I know that that was the point that he like wanted to disappear, but like in a, a realistic sense, it's like they need to know that so they can say that you also may be answering to different things or that people should approach you like
0: different in ways. a certain
1: way, not make it make it worse and cause you more uh pain.
0: And they should know that one of your alters is a trained mercenary.
1: <laughs> and the other one's just psycho, but we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Layla t- uh, takes Mark's hands and says they could have handled it together, and they bo- both admit they don't talk about anything real. And I'm like, how are you guys married for ten years and haven't spoken about anything real?
2: Wait, wait is it
1: ten? I thought that's what they said. No way.
2: Like, I'm only saying that because I don't think Layla's supposed to be that
1: old. Yeah, they were ten years of marriage. They were married for ten years.
0: What, Layla's what in her 30s? She-
1: is she
2: in her 30s?
1: Did you think she was in her I 20s? Think
2: so. Like, late 20s, I thought. She is... 35.
1: Wow. Yeah, she was born 10 years before we were.
2: I, I would not have ever gotten there.
1: And Oscar Isaac is in his 40s. Yeah. yeah. He's
2: 43. I just... I don't know why I assumed she was, like, significantly younger than him. <laughs>
1: No. because he went you're probably aware that he went very grey very quickly after Star Wars yeah.
2: yeah um yeah I knew that um I guess that's why that he looked so much older and yeah and he
1: stopped dyeing it when he doesn't have to I was for, gonna like, say
0: did just... he go grey or did he stop dyeing
1: it no one knows because he won't admit whether or not Star Wars was making him dye it he like hasn't answered that question to anybody oh, so nobody gray knows was he grey in it, movies like...
0: before yeah.
1: Star Wars? no no. Here, okay. It was literally photos came out of him on the red carpet for Rise of Skywalker. And all of a sudden he had a full head of gray hair and everybody was like, Whoa! <laughs> what happened? The sequel
0: trilogy will do that to you.
2: <laughs> like, jeez. I I I'm not totally like familiar with his film filmography, so maybe you can like vouch for this, Learen. But I feel like in Star Wars his hair like doesn't look like that doesn't look real. It's not a wig. But, I know that. but that's it's what I'm very saying. styled. That's why I'm saying maybe it is dyed. I think it is dyed. Yeah. They
0: they were really, really going for the space Nathan Drake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fuck. Good.
1: I'm just saying. Um, I love Layla so goddamn much. I'm so sorry. But, like, she's my favorite. The,
2: I, okay. need... I keep saying, phase four, they just Wait. went in on the women. They were like, this is the star-studded women. We are going to finally give women... The chance that they've needed in the MCU. They're also
0: giving all the male fans mommy kinks. That, that too. Between um, Jane Foster's Thor and She Hulk.
2: But like, I'm yeah, just, we got the two of them. We have Layla. We have um, the Monica, Wanda, and Monica. And Monica.
1: Like, we have Sylvie, who
2: keeps getting forgotten in all of this. Yes, yeah, Sylvie. And she's dope. And Pete um, Bishop. America. Monica. Uh, c- c- Yelena,
0: Kamala,
2: Yelena, the yeah. Eternals. Yes. Cersei,
1: Thena is awesome, like, uh, Angelina Jolie's is great. Leon purposely just... skips over Sprite. <laughs> well, Sprite also <laughs> supposed to be, like, a 13-year-old, like, type thing. I don't know how to judge that.
2: Um, um but, yeah, I just, like, I'm like, you know what? They finally did something right here. Makari's awesome, too. Like I, I was awesome. gonna just say, um, uh, Katie and Zong, Zong Ling, or however you say her Zong, name. Yeah, just, I don't remember i terrible. But they're all- every single one of them. So all of them are great. And thank I, you to the MCU. Thank you, Kevin Feige, for once in your life. I was
1: getting new tickets for my- new tickets? New <laughs> stickers for my laptop case for my work laptop. And I wanted, and I couldn't find one, and I'm asking anyone, and, like, I'm gonna probably post this on Twitter, too, because I really want one. I just want a sticker that is just the Phase 4 MCU women in a line. They made a ton for all the women from before this, once we finally had enough characters. But I just want one that's, like, Monica and Sylvie and Kate and Yelena and, like, all of them, like, squatted up. And the only thing that I could find was I found one that was Yelena and Kate next to each other. And around them it said, um, stop making me like you. I'm sorry. I can't help it.
2: I um, will help you on this journey. Um, I will also, once again, shout out um, our Amanda because she's, like, really good at finding that stuff. I'll hit her up and ask her if she just, so Can bad. the
0: sticker you put right under that just be the screenshot of... Women. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my yes.
1: great. my work laptop though, is great because it's just this like clusterfuck of stickers, and right in the center is a Lady Whistledown Society paper sticker. Good. And then it's got like a sticker Victoria got me for Ted Lasso. I got a biscuits with the boss sticker for that's like a Ted Lasso sticker. I got a Star Wars one, um, the Cape Bishop one. I have a little chili pepper that says I feel God in the chilies tonight. Oh my god! I have on my water bottle. Uh, I think it's the best sticker, which I, is a very stupid quote from Chris Evans that somebody just put in with one of my other stickers that I had ordered. It's so funny.
0: I need Bridgerton merch just so girls know I watch Bridgerton.
1: Yeah, dude. Because <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think it will help you. The main complaint. I mean, at this I point, nothing can hurt me. That watch Bridgerton, like my female friends that watch Bridgerton, they're like, my boyfriends won't watch it, with me. and I'm like, really? Because I've bullied so many men into watching this show. <laughs> like I bullied so many people into watching this show. The the,
2: the amount of men that like. Will watch this like more than me is hilarious to me.
1: Like and deeply get deeply invested because yeah. Jordan really liked it. No, no, so like
0: like it. I am. I, need I know. This, like this show is my thing now. Like I need. No, I more. know. Really there it. is drama. There is like oh, like it's good.
2: <laughs> Jordan, I was telling my mom this the other day, and she was like, "Jordan watches it." I was like, "Yes." yes. I was like, "Liaren got him to watch it." Does your it. mom watch it? He loves it. No. <laughs> She just like knew what it was. Uh, I don't know.
0: Because I was going to say, I will come over and just sit with your mom and (laughs)
2: talk, Bridgerton.
0: (laughs) Like a couple of gal pals.
1: Every guy that I've convinced to watch it is deeply invested now. And like all of them, when they get to you, spoilers for season one of Bridgerton. But like if you haven't watched it yet at this point, what are you doing? Um,. When Simon does the the thing from the ice cream shop where he's like, "We were never friends. You were means to an end to Daphne," and that whole thing, every every guy I've made this watch has been like, "What the fuck, Simon? What the fuck is wrong with you?" It just like go off, and it's so funny. How have you no shame, Duke? It's so funny how mad they get, and like, ooh, I love it.
0: Get you a man uh, who watches Bridgerton.
1: Truly, they exist. I promise. <laughs> And if they don't, let me bully them for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: going to start a straight men for Bridgerton Club.
1: Yeah. Um, Love it. Uh, the, when the couple gets to, sorry, back into Moon Knight, um, they go over their cover stories. When they get to shore, they see a group ahead. Um, and uh, cultists that are keeping tabs on them, they head to Cairo and find men waiting for them by an El Myrma Corral. Which is what I, I thought was jousting the first time I watched this and then found out it's like an actual like... Sport. Sport that's like deep in in Egyptian culture. Never heard oh, of it. Oh, that's cool.
0: For a split yeah. second, I thought you were saying that they had like some parody of like a Middle Eastern version of Golden Corral.
1: Uh, their leader, I think it's pronounced Beck. It's spelled B-E-K. I think it's pronounced Beck.
2: Greets yeah, Layla as a
1: friend Beck. and tells them that Mogart will be with them shortly. Mogart stops practicing, comes over, greets them. Layla notices Mark. Introduces Mark as her husband to Mogart, but with a fake name. Uh, Mogar asks Mark about his interest in Senfu. Mark says that he just wants to take a look. The collector tells him to feel free, and they go inside his like glass pyramid to look at the sarcophagus, which that's the most pretentious shit that I've ever seen.
0: Everything about this dude was pretentious. <laughs> kind of.
1: Um, True. Layla confirms that there's no lo- location on the sarcophagus's writing. Mark tells her to keep Mogart occupied. Layla uh, goes out. And Mark starts talking to Stephen. Uh, Stephen says, give him the body. Mark refuses. Um, Stephen talks, talks Mark through deciphering the tomb's location. Beck comes in, puts a gun to Mark's head. Mark disarms him, threatens him with his own gun. Mogart's other men come over and they're all going to shoot Layla. It's a whole fucking thing. He hands his gun over. Margaret tells Mark to get on his knees as his other men train their guns on Mark. Mark does so and tells Mogart there's something big in the sarcophagus before mogart can harrow and his two men arrive harrow offers mogart the scarab for the sarcophagus Layla tells mogart that harrow is going to kill millions mogart doesn't really care um harrow says that mark uh has a- harrow asks if mark has told Layla the truth about her father's death uh and mark's like nah <laughs> i'm not have this conversation right now um and uh harrow says some shit about mark not telling layla because then layla will see him as he sees himself Kanchu appears on a rooftop nearby mark tells mark to summon the sh- suit mark hesitates um harrow offers to show mogar the true power of the relics he owns the sarcophagus shadows sh- shadows shatters Under the flow of godly power and Mark summons a suit and appears as Moon Knight attacking Mogart's men. Um, Layla grabs a gun, shoots a bunch of people, they shoot back, Moon Knight comes around her with his bullet roof cape and they're just like hanging out under there i said this on the shared screen podcast but i enjoy that they're talking during this time because that happens a lot in batman comics or like batman movies where he's shielding somebody with the cape and they're just standing there in silence like in this like black cave staring at each other this black cave of batman's arms staring at each other and like i like that they were speaking
2: yeah like why would you just sit there in silence just like okay He's
0: also like weirdly hot
1: it was this is not the part that really did it for me. Um, I mean, the top one was him shirtless with the bottle of whiskey. That was top. The oh. second thing that happens with him and Layla that the way he says a certain word is really attractive. And then this. Um, uh, Layla goes... Then he tells Layla to move. He throws his little, like, moon knives. Um, while Layla... Random
0: bullshit. Go.
1: <laughs> when Layla goes to the open tomb and grabs, some, uh, grabs the star maps inside um she gets confronted by beck she starts fighting back she rips her necklace into like a knife thing that like goes in each hand that was yeah months. it was cool so now they're <laughs> both doing like hand-to-hand combat steven's yelling at mark because you know that's what mark needs right now um mark or steven takes over the body becomes mr knight tries to call time out and gets stabbed with a javelin by one of the horsemen and steve goes okay you can have it back and mark takes over the body again.
0: And for, like, the rest of the fight, just has this thing through him. Yep.
1: Uh, Layla drives the two pieces of her necklace into Beck's uh, chest, then grabs her gun and goes to Moon Knight's aid. uh, As more horsemen just start stabbing him with javelins. They're, like, sticks in him at one point. It's kind of freaky. I was like, oh, He
0: just becomes a pincushion.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie... I thought he was going to die right here for a second. I was like, this would be kind of crazy. In the third episode? In the third, yeah. Well, that's why I was like, I don't know what they would do for the other three. For the rest of the time. But, but but maybe he dies here. (laughs)
1: Um, Layla, shoots one of the horsemen, but Mogart on his horse knocks her over. Uh, Moon Knight removes his mask when he sees that Layla is hurt. Meanwhile, Mogart grabs another javelin um mark resummons his mask fights his way through his attackers gets to layla pulls her out of the way and throws a knife into the guy's chest as he rides by (laughs) beautiful Um, layla and mark get in their car drive off layla asks mark what harrow was talking about he pretends he doesn't know and says that harrow was trying to psych her out layla worries about not knowing all of mark's secret he's a dickhead for a second and goes yeah you don't know me and like ooh, the rage <laughs> i was like if i was like i would have pushed him out of the car if, walk if you want to hear me make a really funny rant that for like five minutes of me screaming go listen to our shared screens media club on this episode because <laughs> i get really mad <laughs> i
0: think i kind of just like let you go and zoned out for a minute
1: yeah i think all of you did <laughs> um and the couple drives out to the desert and one of the cultists spot them, reports it to Harrow. The couple stops and is trying to assemble the maps, uh, only able to get pieces rather than the whole constellation. Layla figures out that they need Steven. Kansu warns Mark that Steven won't return the body. Mark basically is like, keep them distracted and rips the them <laughs> off of their car uh, and walks into the desert and starts talking to Steven, gives over the body as he puts a map together, explaining why, um, explaining to Layla the history of a Egyptians and their stellar maps. They triangulate one constellation marked with pinpricks into coordinates, but Stephen points out that the constellation is based on the sky 2,000 years ago. Kanshu remembers the night and says that he can turn back the night sky, but can't do it alone, and it will come at a cost.
0: He tells the most dramatic way possible.
1: Truly. Um, he tells Stephen to, uh, to tell Mark to free him after the gods imprisoned him in stone, which is also the, he goes, he literally looks at him and goes, tell Mark to free me when they imprison me in stone. And then just, like, flicks his head, his little bird head back. It's like, sir. (laughs) Um, Stephen turns into Mr. Knight. Khonshu shows him what to do. They, everybody looks up at the sky being Rewound. Layla gets the coordinates while the other avatars perform a ritual to imprison Khonshu in a stone statue. Stephen passes out, his energy gone. Harrow meets with Osiris who says in the end Khonshu left them no choice. Osiris says that now that Khonshu is tethered to the pyramid like so many of their says that now Khonshu is tethered to the pyramid like so many of their kind and leaves. Harrow tells the statue and Khonshu that he, enjoy, he enjoyed dealing out pain on Khonshu's behalf and he's going to do what Khonshu could not. Um, and the episode ends. Right into episode four, the tomb. Um, Salim, who's one of the avatars. Um, Shady. What?
0: Slim Shady. No, Salim. <laughs> oh.
1: oh, sorry, this is avatar. Takes the Ushab. Uh, Ushab Wait, how's speak? it spelled? S e l i m. Salim. Okay. Um, takes the. Want to take a shot at what these statues are called? spell it out for me u-s-h-a-b-t-i i think it's pronounced u-s-h-a-b,
0: U-S-H-A-B not b-a
1: yeah no u-s-h-a-b-i-a-b-t-i mm. that's not how it's pronounced
0: but i i'd say is yeah, the closest I think it's Ushab-D. Ushab-D.
1: of Conshu uh to an alcove and puts it there there are all other little like stone statues of the gods that are trapped there, um, including I think um, the dog one. Oh my god, House of Anubis. I hate that I just had to say the title of that show to remember that god's name. That is so bad. Oh, I do yeah. normally know that title, but that name. But uh, I had a moment. Good show. Great job. <laughs> Layla tries to wake up the unconscious Steven, then rolls uh, them down to a dune to their truck. Two acolytes arrive in their truck and open fire. The fantastic part of this scene is when the big truck is driving around and Layla's hiding, you just see Mark's unconscious body All just good, laying in the yeah. It's yeah. Like, oh, buddy. He's so... just like
2: chilling. <laughs> Poor dude.
1: Um Layla ducks into their truck and throws a bunch of, a flare into a box of gunpowder and causes the whole thing to go boom. Um, the Street sun comes smart. up as Steven wakes up, uh, Layla drives them off, uh, and figures that Harrow is heading back to Ammit's tomb, and they're going to need Mark if Harrow is, you know, gonna do his whole thing. In the mirror, Mark's reflection agrees, but Steven refuses. He says to Layla that he and Mark made a deal. Mark would be, disappear for good once Mark was done with Khonshu. Uh, Layla thought she would should have been made aware of Mark's disappearing from her life. I think this is why I don't like Steven, is because he's like he tells her this like she should be like cool with it and she's like, No. It's <laughs> like Yeah. yeah. Dude. Um Steven points out that Mark had already disappeared from Layla's life. Layla doesn't really continue this line of conversation and points out that Steven doesn't have the suit, um, and that Mark is the one who can summon the the good suit. Uh, <clears throat> Layla figures that Mark would just want to go it alone, but she's with him, pulls over, they continue on foot, the two continue to the canyon where the tomb is, uh, Layla spots the tomb and Ahma's acolytes, and figures that they're already inside, and they'll have to find another way in. They sneak into the camp, make sure everyone's inside, and check the tents for supplies. Mark's reflection tells Stephen that without Khonshu, there's no more suit, healing, or powers. He wishes he could disappear, but he's still there, and tells Stephen that he has to be smart for Layla's sake. <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> <clears throat> um. Yeah. Stephen figures that he has Mark's muscle memory. Mark isn't so sure that that's how that works. It's <laughs> super not how that works. Um, Definitely and not. He also tells Stephen to... Yeah. Uh, he also tells Steven not to lay a finger on Layla or he will throw them both off a cliff <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Layla finds more flares um, later she starts she's putting belaying harnesses on her and Steven and he's thrilled to be on the adventure he's been waiting for his whole life she starts to kiss Steven but he pulls away and tells her Mark is trying to protect her from Kanshu because he believes that Kanshu wants Layla as his avatar Layla's like no um and also why are you telling me this right now um and also and that's also
0: a way to ruin mark's, the mood
1: that's also mark not mark's call <laughs> to make um she says that she needs honesty not protected protection steven agrees and they kiss layla pulls away and says she'll be laid down first as she drops down mark takes control of the body and punches Stephen steven in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Good. God! Uh, Steven drops into the tomb and admires the statues there. He notices a 31 that she's tracing in the sand on the floor. She says that that's for her father. I tried to figure out what that is in reference to. I could not find it for the life of me. Um. Do
0: you think it's cheating if it's an altar?
1: Uh, I did research into all of that, and apparently that's a very, very personal thing that varies from uh, couple, to couple, couple to couple. Okay. Um she says that her father was an archaeologist sorry uh she says her father was an archaeologist on a mission uh and he all thought that this was a dream worth dying for and he did Stephen offers his condolences layla's like it's fine um they continue into the maze of corridors and find shells on the floor layla wonders what the acolytes were shooting at Stephen realizes that the whole structure is a symbol the eye of horus, horus whose last avatar was a pharaoh and they work out which way leads to the tomb from the symbol. The du- the duo comes into the room with the tombs. Uh, Layla figures they were Heca priests that have been entombed there to protect the pharaohs. Sorry, my eyes are playing like, weird tricks on me and I keep thinking I see Cleo falling. <laughs> um. Uh, Stephen finds a slab covered in fresh blood, and Layla figures they better keep moving. There's a trail of blood leading out one passageway, and they spot a room above. The hieroglyphs there say that Amma is bound to one of the, the little stone statues, and there are freshly filled canopic jars, which is gross. Uh, Stephen finds the exit, they hear gunshots ahead, and they hide as they hear someone's coming. Uh, something drops a wounded man onto a slab, the slab that Layla's hiding behind, and pulls out his brain with that little hook tool thing. Nice Which I, I don't mean to be, like, the lore police here. And I get that they are basically zombies. But, like, doesn't it need to be hot for that to work? Because that's the whole thing.
0: Wait. Zombies only die with heat?
1: No, when you're taking out the brain in mm-hmm. mummification, they used a hot poker because what they did was, it's not that, that you can pull your brain, your entire brain out through your nose. That is not physically possible. But if you, they would take a white, like a hot, hot poker and stick it up your nose and like swirl it around and it would mu- like liquefy your brain or like make it into more of like a, less of a substance. And, substance. and then pull it out. And like, the, and then put it in one of the, the substance in a jar.
0: I feel like the temperature there just helps.
1: The temperature in Egypt is not so hot that it makes your brain turn into liquid, Jordan.
0: That's not what I'm saying. People I'm, saying die. Like you, I'm just saying, I feel like <laughs> if you did it with a, not what I said at all. I just feel like if you did it with a regular poker, you could still accomplish the same thing.
1: No, because it's just, it wouldn't lick, the heat is what liquefies your brain.
0: What about, like, but spinning it is like a blender
1: no because it's not a poker like a fire poker like you're thinking of it's literally just like a stick with like a hook on the end like you know those those um he's already a zombie so parts of
0: parts of his grave is parts of his body the
1: zombie isn't taking out his brains he's taking out a human man who is still alive
0: i don't know be the lore police
1: like, I'm just saying, like, so much attention to detail was put into this, except in this one part, and that kind of bugged me. Um,
0: I just feel like a scene of him, like, putting it over a hot stove was just They just put it stuck
1: it in a fire. Yeah. Either
0: way, like, you know.
1: Like, you literally just poker, iron pokers get hot real fucking fast. You just stick them in a fire and you're good.
2: you Thank you for all the horrible images in my brain now. Of,
1: okay but of, i feel like, like the egyptians pulling
2: brain people's destroyed. brains out was common knowledge i didn't know this
1: like that's the whole thing they take out everything that's how they survive this long is because like none of the wet stuff Ew. is still in there oh
0: your bones are wet
1: well they dry i'm just saying your organs don't dry no, i'm just they saying that's something I okay. think about?
0: Like, bones are wet
1: yeah I don't know why this bothers you so much.
0: It doesn't bother me. I just think it. I think it bothers others. So that's why. I Because the first
1: it time up. you found out about this, you were like, "Your bones are always wet," and I was like, "Yeah." And you was like, "That's you were like that's not something I usually think about." I was like, "It's not something you need to think about," but yeah, they are always wet. And Jordan yeah. was like, and very I, like disturbed by it.
0: But then I realized other people get more disturbed, and now I'm like.
1: It's It's very similar to to when you you found out that, like, babies can, like, burp and hiccup inside the womb, and you were really freaked out by it. It's like, yeah. (laughs) That's
0: just how, like— Again, it's not something that crossed my mind. It has nothing to do, I think, with, like, sex education. I just
2: huh. I never thought
0: of that. I never considered it.
2: How the baby, like, kicks. The baby can do a lot of other things in there. This
1: was the conversation I had with him, too. I also had to, like— burst a bubble, for I guess not a bubble, but, like, explain that, like, amniotic fluid is, like, baby pee. It's other stuff, but it's also, like, baby pee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which Jordan did not know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just, there are certain things that you think of that I'm, like, yeah, and you, you're always surprised that I'm not, like, freaked out by it. It's, like, because I, like, I can't get freaked out by it because it's just, like, a, I, yeah, it's just a fact
0: that's the thing is like it only bothered me for a few minutes because just, that's just not a I'm 95% thought i
1: had sure that you had been taking part in some substances when we had this conversation and that always you always get more freaked out by things than that in that <laughs> very possible you always always because this was like a year ago that we had this conversation yeah um ew i forgot about this scene that we're about to get to that i do not enjoy anyways Layla starts right. steven panics And's, like, freaking the fuck out. He gets out one way. Layla starts running the other way. Um, after shattering a jar to get the priest to stop going after Stephen, Because it's crawling up the wall like Spider-Man in a way I did not enjoy.
0: Yeah, they, re- they really went with the zombie scenes in this.
1: Um, yeah, Layla comes to the end of a seemingly bottomless chasm. She throws one of her many flares in there and realizes that, like...
0: It is bottomless. It is
1: truly bottomless. Um, She hears the priest coming up behind her, makes her way along the edge. Okay, so the wall she's holding onto is all these, like, there are all these little, like, holes in it. The way you see in, like, anthills or, like, beehives. Yeah. I was convinced something was going to pop out of them. And, like, kill her. (laughs) I kind of thought something was going to pop out, too. I was like, her arm is going to get sucked in there. or Something's going to pop out. Like, this is not, I do not enjoy this. Um, she crosses a gap, and another priest reaches out of the hole in the wall, tries to grab her, pulls her in, she avoids it, there's like an in-and-out thing. She gets out, pulls off its hand, and it tries to stab her with the shard of its arm bone! <laughs> and a scene that is truly one of the most disturbing things I Kong's have ever not seen dead. in my life. <laughs> Oh god! Um, she grabs a flare from her belt, lights it on her pants, and stabs it into the dude's eye socket. Um, they fall. Layla pulls herself up. Harrow's just standing there like a fucking creep waiting for her. Um, come back to Steven, who's making his way through the catacombs, and Mark and Steven are having an argument. Um, Mark admits that he wasn't expecting Steven to tell Layla the truth about why Mark has been pushing her away. They're now in the tomb. Stephen realizes that they're in the tomb of Alexander the Great. Um, Harrow tells Layla that she handled the priest beautifully. Gunshots echo behind Harrow. Uh, Harrow calls her, Layla runs off. Harrow calls her my little scarab and says that that's what her father I
0: don't was. like that.
1: Yeah. Like yeah that. Um, I'm not into it. It's like one of those things. It's, I don't like when people take like cute family things and make it creepy
0: even like because even before he reveals it's like oh that's what your dad called you just calling someone my little scarab sounds so weird well, like,
1: yeah. my family calls me bug and calls me like little bug and has been since. again I was, like, finding three. out
0: that it's from the family is yeah. different because you assume that there is a story there but just even if her dad didn't do that but Harold just went my little scarab
1: yeah I, like, that's I'm... creepy but like if he was <laughs> saying it that's like a i'm gonna do things to you kind of voice but like oh god yeah. <laughs> but like if it's her father like it's just like a cute dad thing um harrow mentions that her father would be proud of her for confirming what he always believed that egyptian gods walk among them Layla uh comes back harrow holds up his little like cane thing and says that the scales reveal moments of pain and sin and mark is in agony Leila tells Harrow uh, to tell her the truth that Mark won't. Uh, Harrow said he read Mark's scales. Stephen opens... Get off the keyboard. Um, Stephen (laughs) opens the... uh, Reluctantly opens Alexander's sarcophagus and realizes that the little statue isn't there. And I immediately went, you're going to have to cut the thing open. And Mark instead suggests, stick your hand down its throat.
0: Calling him Mr. Great the entire time.
1: Which is also weird. Because also Alexander wasn't that great. Come on.
0: That's his Um, title.
1: Since Alexander was the voice of Amit, Stephen removes the wrappings from around the remains mouth. I also thought, oh, he was the voice of Amit. It was just going to be, like, right here, not, like, down in the chest cavity.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's not where your voice comes from.
1: Well, I mean, I guess you could argue it comes from your diaphragm, but the ancient Egyptians, I don't think, understood that. No. Definitely not. Um... I'm, like, 99% sure that we didn't fully understand how a diaphragm functions until, like, MRI machines were, like, created. Because we could see how they move. That may not be correct. Do not quote me on this, but I'm, like, 95% sure that when MRIs were created back in, like, the 70s or 80s, that we were able to, like, learn new things about, like, how we breathe. Um. Anyways. Harrow tells Layla that her father... Abdullah... Abdullah. Abdullah, are you making fun of me, or is that actually your pronunciation? No, no, Abdullah.
0: Okay. That's I'm really sure. how you pronounce it. Okay. So
1: thank you for- <laughs> uh, that's
0: that's that's the King of Jordan's name.
1: Jordan. Honestly, ninety nine percent of the time, I couldn't tell you who the Queen of England's name is, and I see her on Twitter on a semi regular basis. No, no, no.
0: I'm not saying you should have known. I'm just throwing out a fun fact.
1: Ah. This is a school. Um, Abdullah was murdered by unknown mercenaries and implies that Mark was one of them. He confirms that Abdullah was the one Mark remembers most. Layla is seemingly unmoved, and Harrow tells her that he hopes she finds the closure she's looking for. Layla walks off. Acolytes arrive and tell Harrow that they found another way in. Stephen then removes the little statue from the the mummy, shows it to Layla when she comes in. She asks if Mark can hear her. Yeah, Layla comes in and... ooh, is ready to throw down with her husband and does not want to talk to Stephen and Stephen automat- realizes this and automatically goes, this is Mark's problem. <laughs> this is not my problem.
2: Yeah. But
0: like Mark and Steven's argument about Layla and stuff and her, get, like, not the time for either of these arguments right now.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Layla may have been in the moment very angry and debating leaving Mark in the desert. So, <laughs> 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 you know. It's like one of those Fair things where it's enough. like, you have 30 seconds to convince me not to leave you here. Um, she asks if Mark can hear her and what happened to her father. Mark takes over the body and says they have to go. And then, of course, he didn't kill his father, her father, but his partner did, even though he tried to stop him and couldn't. Um, Layla accuses mark of bringing a killer to him and Mark admits that he did and his partner shot him as well but that's when Kanshu saves him saved him Layla figures out that's why they met and that mark had a guilty conscience which is fucked up but anyways yeah. The Acolyte comes in, gun's drawn, and Mark sends Layla to find another way out. Hera walks in and tells Mark that he's alone. I do, really quick, I do have to say, I good stretch. I appreciate them not doing the Indiana Jones thing with Mark and Layla, even while giving them this age difference.
0: But. Age difference isn't that. Well, what we say? well,
1: originally. Is
0: Mark supposed to be, is Mark supposed to be. seven
1: years older than her.
0: Okay, I didn't know if he was supposed to be Oscar Isaac's age.
1: They say in the show that he's... I don't know what their specific age, ages in the show are, but I know that they were married for 10 years and he's 7 years older than her. They say it at one gotcha. point. Um, and I appreciate But,
0: like, that. she wasn't his student.
1: That's <sighs> Jurassic Park. That's it's not Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is that... Um, that... Sorry, my camera, like, will focus. You guys
0: not Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's okay.
1: Hello? There we go. There there we go. There we are. All right. Um But in Indiana Jones, in the first movie, um the math works out to be that she was fifteen and he was like twenty-five when Indy ew. started dating Marion for the first time. Ew, That's ew, why ew. she has that line where she was like, I was a child. She was literally like fifteen. Yeah, he... So did
0: they just fuck up the math? Or like did they not consider it when they were writing the
1: I don't, no one really knows, but then they changed it, they retconned it to she was 18, which is like when they met, which is not great, but it's better. It's better. Um, No, it's Jurassic Park where they change Laura Dern from being Alan's um, student to being his girlfriend.
0: Gotcha. (coughs) There's a whole thing on Twitter now about uh, Han and Leia's ages. (laughs)
1: Yeah, which did people not, like, put... Is it just that we're seeing the visual of the fact that... they? I, th- I think scenarios? it's the fact that she we're runs?
0: seeing the visuals, and I think the gap
1: has increased a little bit in... It's always been 13 years. <laughs> it has literally always been thirteen that he's 13 years older than her. Oh. Oh, fuck. Oh, Victor, we're gonna pause really quick. There we go. Um, As I really struggled us here um but yeah so uh they get in a whole fight uh they're trying to lead the acolytes come in guns drawn mark sends layla to find another way out harrow walks in and tells mark you're alone conchu is gone you are a free man now mark has to decide what he's going to do mark then kills all of the acolytes as they approach him and harrow shoots him twice in the chest and i gasped because i really did not expect that <laughs>
2: again thought um, i was like that's we, it it was nice knowing him we're never seeing moon knight again
1: <laughs> yeah bye <laughs> um, we make a hard cut to dr stephen grant and his sidekick Rossair, uh making their way through the jungle to find the skeleton of another explorer Grant spots a nearby statue of the lunar God of the Aztecs. The movie Tomb Buster is playing on a TV in a ser- sanitarium uh, ward room as inmates play bingo. An orderly gets oh, yeah. out oh. cupcakes, uh, and Mark is in, in an inmate wheelchair, unable to speak. Another patient, Layla, tells Mark that she's changed the movie for the fifth, uh, because it's the fifth time they're watching it that week. She finds Mark's bingo card and realizes that he's won, says, I'll get you back next time, and shows it to the bingo host. Um, also, this is the part that fucked me up. So she comes over and she has a marshmallow in her hand, but it's just like a white thing that she has in her hand. I don't know what it is yet. She goes over to the the whiteboard and is putting, using white magnets to put the postcards back up. And then she turns around with the white thing still in her hand and takes a bite of it. And I really thought she took a bite out of a magnet. (laughs) I was so confused for a second. And then I remember, Girl, and when she comes over and squats down next to him, I realized it was a marshmallow.
2: Girls just eating magnets on the regular. Yeah, I was like, know? what is happening?
0: That's why she's in the hospital.
2: I mean, there's a lot of other weird shit happening here. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah.
1: The drawing that they show the one um, inmate making of Kanchu as a bird. I want it as a tattoo. Like, I'm not even kidding. I kind of really want it on my back. Because it's like, it's just a little bird with his skeleton head. And it's really cool. (laughs) Um, Nice. uh, Mark is calling to Steven in a nearby reflection but gets no answer. His ankle is strapped to the chair and an orderly, um, Hmm. he like, kind of like falls and orderly helps him back up in and hands him a little Moon Knight action figure um, that he dropped when he fell. Mark is taken to the office of Dr. Harrow, who says he knows Mark is having trouble distinguishing what's in his head from reality. Dr. Harrow asks if there is in fact a moon god in the movie, and Mark's ranting about serving a moon god is coincidence or not. He tells Mark that he is sedated because of his own previous behavior, and Mark notices Harrow has a cane, like the one he has in the real world. Uh, Muttering, Mark says that everything reminds him, and Dr. Harrow asks if he is reminded of Stephen. There's a statue of one of the gods in the office. There's the painting of the Alps. Uh, Dr. Harrow tells Mark that he has to help himself, and Mark says that Harrow shot him and tries to crawl off, yelling at Dr. Dr. Harrow to stay away from him. Mark gets to the locked door and tries to open it, but Dr. Harrow tells him that he knows what he's feeling. Uh, breaking the window on the door, Mark gets out, disables the orderlies who try to stop him, and runs off. Uh, Mark ducks into another room orderlies run past and in the room mark sees a sarcophagus with steven banging inside yelling for someone to let him out mark does does so they hug it's cute um the last thing either of them remember is harrow shooting them they go back out into the hallway in the next room there is another sarcophagus with someone trying to get out and they're like not fucking with that and continue up to the door at the end of the hall where they hesitate because they see something coming the door is open and the humanoid hippopotamus the goddess tower at cheerfully greets them and they scream.
2: Icon um, legend. And they hold each other. It's very cute. They do hold each other.
1: Going in truly going into fun facts. I tell yeah. Uh directed Mo- Mo- director mohammed diab uh, said that one of the most important things was how they depicted Egypt in the present and the past in an authentic way. Egyptians see that Hollywood always sees them in an oriental way. We're always exotic. Women are submissive. Men are bad. So it was very important for me to break that. Diab pushed Cleopatra.
0: He pushed Cleopatra? No. <laughs> the Egyptian uh, pharaoh?
1: God, stop with your foot. Um. He pushed for Egyptian-Palestinian actress May Khamwe to play Leila Ifule, a woman from Mark's past who was not originally written to be Egyptian. He insisted on shooting uh, the sequences of the show set in Cairo to reflect how the city really incorporates its most famous ancient landmarks. He also mentions in the Assembled episode that he was like, one of the most annoying things to Egyptians in Hollywood is they always make it look like the Grand Pyramids are in the middle of the desert and they're really right in the middle of the city of Cairo.
0: which, Which is arguably weird. more wild.
1: Yeah, that they just built yeah. a city around those is crazy to me. He was saying on one side it's all open desert and like that the pyramids are at like the edge of the city, but like the other side is just in the middle of the city.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, that's crazy.
1: Since the show is about Egyptian mythology and is set within an Egypt related plot, the cast includes many actors of Egyptian roots, including May Calamey, Antonia Salab, Sophia Danu, Amir Al Kadai. I think is how that's said. Spell it. Q-A-D-I. Cuddy. Cuddy. Okay. Uh, You know what? I'm going to send the rest of this list in chat, and I'm going to have Jordan read this. <laughs> just these last few names, because they only get harder from there for me, and I don't want to pronounce them incorrectly. Jordan's got a better shot at it than I do. Good. Okay, I just sent them in the chat. Jordan's going to read those out.
0: Hazem Ehbad, Ahmed Dash, that's a bad last name. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's, ha- that's what ISIS is in Arabic. Oh,
1: fun! <laughs> so I'm hoping oh. that I'm
0: pronouncing it semi-wrong and his last name isn't Dash. If not, good luck, Charlie. <laughs> Khaled Abdullah, Usama Saliman, Zizi Dagger, and Karim El hakim
2: fantastic thank you and this is why we have jordan thank you <laughs> thanks um, they are
1: all egyptian actors or have egyptian roots the show is directed by an egyptian director and his wife sarah goer serves as consulting producer uh an egyptian composer hisham nazi uh is what google told me that's pronounced as because that one i put but the rest of them i didn't for some reason um the ending of the cre- the end credits include visuals of Egypt, such as the Pyramid of Giza and the Cairo Tower. It also features Egyptian songs, both classical and contemporary,
2: May- which I thought was like really cool. Yeah, that they put not yeah not only like the the like classic stuff that like I feel like most oh, like of the Egyptian, like,
1: like and the Arabic rap music. Yeah, yeah, the rap not- music
0: one was an interesting one for sure that I liked and then the classical one like I played for my parents and that's like a song like they legitimately listen to.
1: A bop. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't know why this is my bop dance. (laughs) (laughs) uh may Calamay received a direct message on instagram from moon knight consulting producer sarah Guller, who informed her that she was on their radar for the lead role that would later become Layla. about a week later she uh Calame auditioned for the part and two weeks later she had a chemistry read with oscar isaac three days after that she got the part so from beginning to i
0: feel end, like it's unfair to part. do a chemistry read that man will have chemistry with, with
1: everyone Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That is never the issue of the movies he is in. It is never that he doesn't have chemistry with his co-star. They're yeah. like the thing with him Justin and Kastain are married. Yeah,
0: because of him how and Jessica Chastain, like just how he randomly on the red carpet was like, I'm gonna kiss your arm right now, and like no they, they, one they was upset. A lot of
1: projects where they play husband and wife before, so like,
0: <laughs> it's like sorry, force a habit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, Layla uh, is also the first main Arab slash Middle Eastern female character in the MCU. The character was not originally Egyptian in the script. Uh, Layla does not exist in the Moon Knight comics, but the name Layla means night in Arabic and
2: Hebrew. Fine.
1: According to this fact. Jordan can tell me if that's incorrect. (laughs) Which word? It's saying that the name Layla means night in Hebrew and Arabic.
0: Our dialect says it a little differently, but yeah, I believe it. Because ours is... Lil, so Layla's. Oh, okay. so, yeah. like it's, it's not yeah i could see how you got there
1: yeah in the comics anton mogart the guy who was stabbing everybody with the javelins on the horse uh aka the midnight man first appeared in moon night three in january 1981 He was a skilled martial artist and a master thief, stealing priceless works of art, jewels, artifacts from all around the world. He became known as the Midnight Man because his thefts would take place exactly at midnight. That is the most dramatic thing I've ever read in my fucking life. That's some Batman villain shit shit right there. Um, Yeah. He also stole for the simple pleasure of the act, not for financial gain. He became one of Moon Knight's adversaries after Moon Knight prevented him from stealing a rare Monet oil painting and threw him in a river. Um, Margar was presumed drowned, but he was actually carried by the current- t- EW, they threw him in the Hudson?!
0: Oh, oh, dude, definitely God. got mutant powers. Yep,
1: he was carried by the current into New York City and into the mouth of a New York City drainage viaduct. The waste in the Ew. sewer melted his face, leaving him deformed. He hid in the sewer for three days before returning to his home to find that the police had taken everything he had ever stolen. Blaming Ew. Moon Knight for this and his deformity, he vowed vengeance. What's
0: this character's name, Bogart?
1: Mogart, M-O-G-A-R-T. Like, I'm
0: sorry, in the in the comics? That's Midnight Man.
1: Name. Yeah, it's the same thing in the comics. His first name is Anton. I hate it. I I could have lived my whole life without knowing that.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it was the show's consulting producer, Sarah Gower, who, okay, I'm assuming it's the Hudson. It also might be the East River, because the East River's got some nasty shit in it. Like there are absolutely dead bodies in these River. There are probably so, dead bodies in the Hudson,
2: but like both both are. No, there's, uh, dead, there's
0: dead bodies in every body of water in the city. Okay, murders happen. Some of them have are still cold cases. Statistically,
1: <laughs> um, it was the show's consulting producer Sarah Gower who suggested Egyptian rap songs that were featured in the closing credits. Love it. Uh, May Callaway said that both Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke were thoroughly invested in making sure that she felt comfortable and heard on set. She told IndieWire on May fourth, twenty twenty two, that she was felt really intimidated in the beginning and didn't want to do anything wrong. Me, if I were, had never been in a been in a movie, because you know, she was on, uh, I think it's an FX TV show, show for a very yeah. long time, but like this was her first like big American like project project yeah um and it's marvel of all things and then they're like so not only do you have the pressure of you're gonna be a marvel character who we are turning into like a big thing and you're gonna play across oscar isaac and ethan hawk i'd be like i can't mess up anything (laughs) i
2: have to be perfect i just feel like that's mean that's just like so mean yeah noticed with
1: ease the ease with which her co-stars worked and threw in ideas for their characters but she wasn't getting any ideas at the time as they went along she developed more confidence and those ideas started to come but she was so anxious she had a block was having difficulty acting and felt guilty she spoke to ethan hawk about it and he assured her that acting isn't a competition i get it it always felt like a competition to me too <laughs> unlike her co-stars she didn't feel comfortable in suggesting ideas directly to the director and she said she found comfort in the fact that she could tell Isaac or Hawk and they would run the idea past the directors Cleo stop um she uh looks forward to the day where she can be more vocal it's how uh women are raised we see inequality everywhere I was so hard on myself many times because I was like why can't I just throw myself out there in the same way but working uh we're almost conditioned that way um and the thing is from everything that anybody has ever said nobody has ever had a bad word about working with oscar isaac or Ethan hawk so like they're great i feel like it's a good those are two good people but that's also like nerve-wracking
2: i also i also i feel like it's it's nice that like she felt like comfortable to be like hey like i don't feel comfortable telling the director this but can i trust you to also oh, like you do it to do it and they were like yeah yeah. No, we're going to do My it. My
0: mom will say no if I ask. You ask.
1: <laughs> um, Mark Spector's Moon Knight suit has mummy wraps on it coming from the Earth X Marvel Comics. It was recommended by producer Kevin Feige as a mean to distinguish the suit as ancient and mystic, uh, different than other MCU armors. Uh Mohamed Diab told the Fran- told france's Huffington Post in March 2022 that he had met actor Gaspard Welly for the first time in 2011 at the Montpellier Pierre Mediterranean Film Festival in France where he was presenting his film Art of Love and Diab was pre- presenting Cairo 678 They had a conversation at the festival Uel uh, told Diab that he loved Cairo 678, and back then Diab knew he wanted to work with him. It was Diab who invited him to play Anton Mogar in Moon Knight. Uh, Diab said Uel had everything that would make him a Hollywood star, charisma, looks, and talents. During the filming of Moon Knight, it was Uel's humility that marked the director. He said he had an approach that it felt like it was his first time filming. It was an honor to have him. I was one of the only people to know how well-known he was in France. Um... He told, at the end of filming, he told E.L. that audiences would probably like to see him again in other Marvel projects. He unfortunately passed away two months before uh, Moon Knight came out. Mae Kalamoy practiced for two months to be able to do many of her own stunts herself. However, she did have two stunt doubles. She also broke her pinky finger while filming one of the scenes. She didn't know she had broken it and wanted to finish the scenes, despite everyone else telling her to stop filming. Um, So they just assumed that maybe it wasn't bad. Uh, She just wrapped a tissue around her finger and finished the scene. When she finally went to the hospital she learned that she had basically broken the tip off her pinky finger. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) The show features Egyptian music both classical and modern from artists such as Weggs. Ooh, we're going to send this to Jordan again. Get ready, Jordan. I'm going to send you a whole paragraph and you're just going to read it. It's not a paragraph. It's like two sentences and most of them are people's names. Okay. Read that for me, Jordan.
0: Okay, Wags, I think, is just like the band who did the the rapping. Wardah Al-Jazeera, Belge Hamdi, Wa'il al My I know that name. My parents play him a lot. Ahmed Sa'ad and many others. Egyptian composer Hisham Nazih serves as the show composer to capture the essence and intrigue of Egyptian heritage, both ancient and modern.
1: Thank you, Jordan. Production designer Stefana Sella worked with Egyptologists and Egyptian art art director to ensure historical accuracy in the set design. Egyptian-British actor uh, Khalid Abdallah plays the role of Salem, uh, who is the avatar of Osiris, God of the Underworld. Uh, when the trial is held for Khonshu, it's held inside the Great Pyramid of Giza. In 2000, archaeologists announced the discovery of the symbolic tomb of the ancient Egyptian god Osiris, buried deep beneath a Giza pyramid. The Giza pyramid, sorry, just the the great one, the the big one. Uh, this episode, meaning episode three, was dedicated to Gaspard Uell, who portrayed Anton Bogart slash Midnight Man, who died two months before the premiere due to a brain injury caused by a skiing accident at the age of 37. It was the last project he finished filming. Um, nearly 20 hours after the episode was made available on Disney+, Plus, the Marvel Studios official page shared a tribute that read Moon Knight's episode three is dedicated to our talented friend Gaspard Uell. The scenes where Anton Mogart is riding a horse were done by Gaspard Duel himself. The actor had learned how to ride a horse when he was playing Henry I, Duke of Guise, in the Prince Princess of Montpensier. Moon Knights directed Mohamed Diab knowing how to ride said that knowing how to ride a horse was one of the reasons he was cast. Oscar Isaac told French magazine Thiel Lucer, I think that's how that's pronounced, I don't know that shooting for episode three took place on a wild set where there were a ton of horses and clouds of mosquitoes and that Gaspar Duel was filming shirtless and being eaten alive. Fuck. <laughs> just being eaten alive by mosquitoes. He was like, it, the whole quote was that he all, they all were getting bit, but like this poor shirtless guy. Yeah. Was attacked. I would
0: have laughed if like under that robe was just like a bunch of those like, um, those things that you say, like, if you don't want to spray bug spray on you, we like, carry them. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, all of those, like, lining the, the road. The poor
1: guy. Um, and that he never complained. <laughs> Oscar Isaac also called him adorable, which I don't know if I would want that.
0: You guys are, like, the same age.
1: Yeah, like, don't call me adorable. Yeah. Uh, the na- uh, Mark's first uh, Mark's fake name, his alias that is given uh, to Midnight Man, is Rufino Estrada. Estrada is Oscar Isaac's real last name. We talked about that last week. We did. When Beck tells Mogart that author Harrow has arrived, the subtitles on Disney plus plus read speaking Arabic, but did not translate what he said. Beck was actually speaking French and had just said on Ure invente, I don't know how to say the rest of this, but it means another guest has just arrived.
0: I love when they do that, where they just go speaking language. It's like, they tell don't me. Translate. Because in, in some things it's appropriate and in some things it isn't. Because, like, in Spider-Verse, they never once give subtitles to what his mom is saying. You either know Spanish or you don't, but, like, you get the vibe. Yeah. So those subtitles going speaking Spanish makes sense.
2: Then I get, though, I get irritated when, so, like you just said, sometimes it'll just say speaking whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. Um... But then, if you watch, sometimes you watch shows with the captions turned on, and they have the translation there. But like when they, when you don't have the captions turned on, there's no translation. And I'm like, do yeah. you want me to know what they're saying? Or That's do the you thing. It basically
0: needs a basis to whether or not the, if you're watching without subtitles, w- would you still get the translation?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Director uh, Mohammed Diab. Had the idea of having a knife fight, an Egyptian um, style of using Egyptian style of fighting that involves a mix of dancing and dangerous knife attacks. One of the most complex fight scenes for the series takes place at Mogart's mansion. The fight featured wirework, horses, and special effects. There were 15 men on horses using lances against Moon Knight, and Layla is also fighting Mogart's bodyguard in the pyramid. So there are two sequences happening simultaneous, which made it one of the most complex fighting scenes in the series. Unlike the series' first two episodes, there is no QR code in the friendly type. However, Marvel's official website, Good Stretch, still added a free copy of Moon Knight Man's first appearance in the comics in Moon Knight 3. Anton Mogart's Glass Pyramid looks similar to the one at the Louvre. Um, May Callum May practice practice? Oh, I read that already, sorry. Sorry! Uh, the mansion of uh, Anton Mogart was filmed at the nadasti mansion located near lake baltan in south budapest this neo-gothic style hungarian estate was built in the 19th century and was also used as the exteriors in the film underworld um leila's birthday is shown on her forged passport as october 28 1994 which is may kalame's actual birthday but she was born in 1986. um this eight-year difference is identical to the eight-year difference between Oscar Isaac's birthday and the birthday shown on Mark's Press. Okay, they're not seven years apart. They're eight years apart. But yeah, because they show their birthdays in this. True. Um, in the show, because I always forget they're ahead of us. They're in like 2025. Yeah. Um, so it,
0: we caught up real quick when movies didn't come out for a year.
1: Yeah. So, they're still, like, three years ahead of us, and she's two years older than us. Um, and she's one year older than Jordan. Literally, she is 60 days older than Jordan. A year and 60 days. Um... The character Beck uh, is a reference to Karish Beck, one of Nimrod Strange's sl- <laughs> sorry Nimrod's a funny word um, <laughs> Nimrod <laughs> Strange's Slayer Elite who fought and ki- were fought who fought and were killed by Moon Knight when he was knocked over his own bandolier. Um, he appeared for the first and no- oh, only time in the comics in Moon Knight Volume One, Number Eighteen, published in January 1982. Um, the actor who played Beck Locke Mobzana uh, performed most of his own stunts and was the fight trainer for Oscar Isaac. Um, when Moon Knight stopped uh, Anton Mogar by throwing his moon boomerang on him, he disappeared into the mist at the same time the giant clock in his backyard hit midnight, uh, referencing Midnight Man. Iconic. And... <laughs> um, Beck tells Layla uh, that Anton is looking forward to seeing you after Madripoor. I'm sure you have a lot to talk about in the comics. Madripoor is an insular city state located in Marine time, Southeast Asia presented as a lawless hive of criminality. known to folks like Baron Zemo and Sharon Carter. It made its Marvel cinematic debut in Falcon and the winter soldier. Cleo these are
0: the type of references I like, like these areas still exist, but like, it literally means nothing if you don't pick up on the fact that it's a reference.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Sit. Um. After Conchu turns the sky back two thousand years, three bright stars in a row show the constellation o- Orion. The Moon Knight action figure that Mark is seen holding is actually a repainted Skeletor figure.
0: <laughs> Did they not have action figures ready?
1: No, I think what they were saying is that they wouldn't have an actual Moon Knight action figure in the Marvel Universe because this entire thing is like a vision. So, like, like none of this is real.
0: But because he's imagining it as an action figure... he's
1: imagine- The idea is that he's being shown his reality isn't... Moon Knight isn't real. Khonshu isn't real. It's a figure that he chose, which in his actual reality is not the case. Moon Knight is very real and Khonshu is very real. I guess um the idea is that he made that action figure okay like mark made that action figure in okay uh, yeah home at the 34-minute mark, uh, Harrow says the rest is silence. This is Hamlet's last line in the Shakespeare play. Ethan Hawke starred as Hamlet in Hamlet 2000, which is a really fucking weird adaptation of that movie, guys.
0: Yeah, it, it, isn't it, like, in New York it City? It like, and, like New they York own a City in, like, the
1: 80s, and it's, like, this corporate espionage and all this shit, and Julia oh. Stiles from 10 Things I Hate About You plays Ophelia, and Liev Schreiber plays uh, Laertes. It's, oh, we, and then ethan hawk is hail it's weird they're all they tried to do time. like they tried to do like
0: 1996 romeo and juliet but unsuccessful. but it's
1: like the matrix but real life but hamlet
2: i yeah. need to watch this immediately it's so <laughs> bad it's wild
1: um, <laughs> the
0: fact that it has to re- be referred to as like hamlet 2002 is hilarious because it makes it sound like oh futuristic no
1: that's what the real title was that was the point the actual title of the movie is hamlet 2000
0: really because whenever I, I'm, I'm looking at posters you right now and it, it just says hamlet. they
1: never put it on the posters but on, as it's credited and it's like official title for marketing was hamlet 2000 anyways um in this episode stephen slash mark discovers alexander the great's tomb in real life his tomb has never been found and is still one of the greatest mysteries of ancient egypt the hippopotamus at the end of the episode is egyptian god Tauret. stephen grant was seen with the box of cuddly toys based on Tauret in the museum gift shop the eye drawn in the tomb was the eye of Ra. the left eye is the eye of horus uh, the concept of the, main pro- of the main protagonist being held in a psychiatric hospital and imagining all the events of a show was prim- predominantly used, or prominently used, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer season six, episode seventeen, "Normal Again." However, that episode ends without actually explaining what's going on, so the view it was just left up to the viewers to decide. <laughs> um, in a film segment. In the film segment within this episode, the statue of Tourette from the museum in episode one can be seen in the jungle. And that is everything on Moon Knight episodes three and four. Do you guys have any final thoughts besides that it's a great show?
2: No, I'll have more when we're done. We're done.
1: Yeah, because I like I have more to say, but I don't want to spoil anything yeah same. so we will talk more about this next week when we return for our final lecture on moon night um until then you can find me on twitter and instagram at leon Jass, and you can find jordan and i over at shared screens where we do a bunch of fun stuff uh that's sh- at shared screens yeah jordan where can people find you
0: you book off People can find me on Twitter at Jordan underscore deep. And you could also find a Twitch channel that me and Leah and Sharon will start using soon at twitch.tv slash Orphan Gamers.
2: And Victoria, where can the people find you? Um, You can find me on Instagram at Victoria Lyman and on Twitter at Damn Content. And uh, the podcast is on Instagram and Twitter at Marvel School Pod. And everything is linked in the description because people don't like to spell, and I don't blame you. <laughs> and with that, our lecture is over, class
1: dismissed. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.